0: Chapter sixteen of a little maid of Provincetown. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A little maid of Provincetown by Alice Turner Curtis. Chapter sixteen. The May Party. A May Day Party, eh? said Elderhaven, when Anne and Amanda told him of the plan. Why, I think it an excellent idea. It will surely be a pleasant sight to see the children dance about the Maypole, and I shall like well to come after elder haven had approved the parents could find nothing wrong in the idea and all the children went maying for arbutus and trailing evergreens to wind about the pole early on the morning of may day amos and jimmy were at the spring with a long smooth pole The other children soon followed them, and Mrs. Starkweather came to show them how to fasten the wreath at the top and the long strings covered with vines and blossoms, which Anne and Amanda, with the help of Mrs. Stoddard and the Starkweather boys, had made ready the day before. "'We used often to dance about a maypole when I was a girl in Barnstable,' said Mrs. Starkweather, "'To be sure it is an old English custom, and just now England does not seem our friend, but tis a pleasant custom that we do well to follow. I know a little song that we all used to sing as we took hold of the bright streamers.' "'I know that song,' said Danny. "'You call it May Song?' "'Why, yes,' said Mrs. Starkweather. "'I'm sure all my boys know it. I've sung them all to sleep by it, and tis one I sing about my work, for tis a cheerful and a merry lilt.' It goes this way, said Danny, and began to sing. Birds in the tree, humming of bees, wind singing over the sea, happy May days, now do we praise, as we dance gladly round the may tree. As Danny sang, his mother and brothers joined in with him, and the other children listened in delight. Can you not sing it when we do dance round the may tree, Aunt Starkweather? asked Anne and if Danny will sing it over to us a few times, I am sure that we can all sing it, and then Elder Haven can hear us. Danny liked to sing, and he sang the little verse over and over again until all the children knew it, and until his mother said that they must all run home and make themselves tidy, and then come back, as the dance around the maypole was to be at two o'clock. "'I do wish that Uncle Enos could see it,' said Anne, as she put on her new white pinafore over her plaid dress and fastened the coral beads around her neck. I know well he would like to hear the song. "'The boats went out early, and may get in in good time,' said Aunt Martha. "'Mrs. Starkweather says that there is always a Queen of the May, a little girl whom the other children choose to wear a wreath on her head, and whatever the Queen tells them to do they must do all May Day,' said Anne, as she and Mrs. Stoddard walked toward the spring. "'But I do think the other children have forgotten all about it.' "'What makes the children want to choose one to obey, I wonder?' said Mrs. Stoddard, smiling down at Anne. "'It must be because 'tis a little girl whom they all like, and who is always kind and pleasant to the other children,' said Anne. "If 'twas t'was a king of the May we would all want Jimmy Starkweather, but there are not so many girls as boys.' The other children were all at the spring with bunches and wreaths of flowers, and Anne was surprised to see that a mound of sand had been heaped up and covered with pine boughs. "'What is that for?' she asked. "'That's a throne for the Queen.' Said Danny Starkweather. Mrs. Carey and Mrs. Starkweather were talking with the children, and as Anne came near, they formed into a little circle round her, joining hands and singing, Our May Queen, Queen of the May, we're ready to serve you all this bright day. Then Willie Starkweather, who was only four years old, took Anne's hand and led her to the throne, and said, You must sit down, Anne, for Willie lisped, and I'll put the crown on. So Anne sat down on the pine-covered sand-heap, and Willie put a wreath of fragrant arbutus on her head. Captain Enos, hurrying up from the shore, thought it the prettiest sight he had ever seen. The tall pole, covered with green vines and bright blossoms, the children forming in a circle round Anne, and the pleasant May skies over all, seemed to the sailor to make a picture worth remembering. Then came the dance round the maypole and the song by this time, the other men had come up from the shore. Elder Haven was there, and everyone in the little settlement had gathered at the spring. It was a circle of happy faces, and when the time came for them all to start for their homes, each one said that Provincetown had never seen so pretty a sight. "Tis something we shall like to think about," said Elder Haven to Jimmy Starkweather as the two walked toward the elder's house. Anne was sure that it was the happiest day in her life. I wish my father could have seen me, Aunt Martha she said, as they walked toward home. T'would please him well to know the children like me. 'Tis only a year since they did scorn me at the spring." "'You must forget about that, Anne,' said Aunt Martha. "'They chose you for Queen because you have been a pleasant child. You see, it matters not what they said before they knew you.' "'Aunt Martha!' exclaimed Anne, suddenly looking up toward the harbor. "'See! There are two big ships coming down the bay!' We are not to be in peace long," said Mrs. Stoddard. They are coming straight to Anchorage. Everyone soon knew that the Somerset was back again, and now the English sailors took no trouble to be civil. They laid hands on provisions of all sorts, but nevertheless they brought good news. William Trull found a chance to tell Captain Enos that the Americans had won the battle at Lexington. "'We'll be in harbor here but a day or two, he added. "'We must be back to watch the Americans at Charlestown. And sure enough, the next morning, the big ships had sailed away again, taking with them many things that the little settlement could ill spare. As the summer days lengthened, Anne longed more and more for some news of her father. The Battle of Bunker Hill had brought another triumph to the Americans, but the English vessels still cruised about the coast, making the fishermen careful about going far from shore. "'Uncle Enos, could we not go to Boston again and find my father?' Anne would ask, and Captain Enos would grow serious and shake his head, and say it would be too great a risk to undertake. So Anne helped Aunt Martha with the work of the house, played with her doll under the pine trees, and wandered about the shore with Amanda, but always thinking of her absent father, and wishing that she might go and find him. "'I am past nine years old. If I was a boy, I could sail a boat to Boston,' she said to Amanda one day, as they went down to the beach to watch the fishing-boats come in. "'Yes,' agreed Amanda. "'I guess that Amos could sail a boat to Boston before he was nine. "'Then he could sail one there now!' exclaimed Anne. "'Oh, Amanda! Wouldn't Amos sail us to Boston to find my father? Uncle Enos will not. He says tis not safe. But surely the English would not hurt two little girls and a boy. Would Amos be afraid?' "'Afraid of what?' Amos had come up beside them, and the sound of his voice made them jump. "'Afraid to sail a boat to Boston?' "'Explained Anne. "'That would be easy enough,' declared the boy, "'and I would like well to get the chance to sail father's Peggy to Boston. "'Will you, Amos, and take Amanda and me with you to find my father? "'I will take all the blame, indeed I will. "'And if we find him and bring him back, "'they will all think you a brave boy, Amos.' "'They will not let us start,' said Amos. "'We'd have to put off in the night. "'But I'll do it. "'You girls must bring along something to eat, "'and we'll start at midnight.' "'When?' asked Anne. "'Tonight,' answered the boy. "'Why, will be a greater adventure than any boy of this settlement ever had. If we make Boston, I may be made prisoner by the British.' And Amos looked as happy over the prospect as Anne did at the thought of finding her father. "'Mistress Stoddard will not be pleased,' cautioned Amanda. "'She did not greatly blame me before,' said Anne. "'She knows I want much to see my father, and Uncle Enos does not want to go.' If we sail safely there and home, it will save Uncle Enos' trouble. He will not have to go himself. "'Should we see Rose Freeman?' asked Amanda. "'It may be,' said Anne. "'I would like well to go, if we could see her,' Amanda said thoughtfully. Amos was now full of plans for the trip. There would be a favoring tide at midnight, and he was sure they could sail out of the harbor and be well on their way by morning, and giving the girls many cautions about being on the shore at the right time—' He went happily off to look over the sloop Peggy, and to wonder what Jimmy Starkweather would say if he knew that he, Amos, was going to sail a boat straight up to Boston. End of chapter 16.